Have you ever felt a visceral attraction to a politician? There is not a liberal America and a conservative America. There is the United States of America. I am your voice. Ask yourself if they're really telling the truth. This is a secret innuendo being leaked out there about me. I was honestly concerned that he might lie about the nature of our meeting. This is Subliminally Correct, a bi-weekly podcast where we examine all the ways politicians and newsmakers are using psychological tactics to influence you every single day. And now, join myself, Taylor Sherman, certified hypnosis instructor and executive coach, along with my co-host, Alex Dobranek, political consultant and certified consulting hypnotist, on this episode of Subliminally Correct. And welcome to another episode of Subliminally Correct. What do we have up for today, Alex? This episode is really interesting. We've got NRA TV. Now, NRA TV is a project of the National Rifle Association, and they really have a persuasive way of producing their videos that we find is really interesting. Now, the NRA uh, is a special interest group. They support a lot of American politicians, and uh, particularly on the right, they have a somewhat of a vice grip on the issue of guns and gun policy in America. And they are producing a lot of videos that are now reaching average members that serve to amplify some of their feelings of fear or anger or uh, needing to take the country back. And all of those things are loaded in all of their videos. So we want to get to the first clip here. This is Dana Loesch. She is uh, one of the stars of NRA TV and really just gives a wonderful performance talking about the uh, corruption on the left and how we need to uh, stand up. But before we get to the clip, everyone, remember to go to that Patreon page. We have it actually linked to it in the show notes. You can also access it from our website, subliminallycorrect.com. The Patreon is a way that we are able to continue doing this show and to continue to produce all this great content for all of you. And for those of you who are actually supporting us on Patreon, there is a number of exclusive pieces of content that only you will have access to. So you're going to find that as you go through the Patreon, we're going to be putting more and more stuff there. In fact, right after this, we're going to be recording a wonderful episode on uh, a set of debates uh, right in the Patreon. If you'd like to know which debates we cover, actually go to the Patreon page and check it out. Until you subscribe, you won't be able to view the actual content, but you will be able to see exactly what we're covering there. And so just click the link down in the show notes and check that out. Here's the first clip, and uh, we'll be right back after it. We the people have had it. We've had it with your narratives, your propaganda, your fake news. We've had it with your constant protection of your Democrat overlords, your refusal to acknowledge any truth that upsets the fragile construct that you believe is real life. And we've had it with your pretentious tone deaf assertion that you are in any way truth or fact-based journalism. Consider this the shot across your proverbial bow. We're going to fisk the New York Times and find out just what deep rich means to this old gray hag, this untrustworthy, dishonest rag that has subsisted on the welfare of mediocrity for one, two, three more decades. 
We're going to laser focus on your so-called honest pursuit of truth. In short, we're coming for you. So I love this because she's talking in this way that it's almost poetic. Like this, this is a poem. This is clearly meant to go viral. This is supposed to be a message going out in the, in the world. But clearly there are times in which it's totally scripted and she kind of loses the script. You know, where she says this is subsisted for, wait, what? Two, one, two, three, how many years? Oh, yeah. By the way, let me get back to the poem. And she gets she gets into it, you know, in this way. And so this is the NRA trying to be artistic, talking about how they're going to, uh, I couldn't tell are they going to frisk the New York <laughs> Times? Is that what, is that what she said? Um, let's, let's hope. Who does this remind you of? Alex Jones. Yeah, a lot of this right here is really playing into the, the same themes. And the same style, they really piggyback on each other, right? The, we've got the, the survivalist mentality. A lot of these people are, are angry about something and, you know, they want to take something back. And Alex Jones, and if you haven't listened to our episode on Alex Jones, you need to tune right into that. But she uses the same vocal inflection. They've got the same uh, music in the background. It's wonderful. And... Uh, Dana Loesch is really uh, an interesting person uh, in general and has really just been a, a really just like a bloodhound for the right. And it, it's it's funny to watch the way that she's a little bit more tactful than Alex Jones. You listen, you mentioned how it was almost poetic, the way that she's rhyming to distract the mind, right? It's easier to slip something into the subconscious when it's almost sing-songy, when it sounds like a, a nursery rhyme or, or something that um, you could you could uh, rehearse, um, you could just recite off the off the back of your head. Yeah, she has this idea of consider this the shot across your proverbial bow, right? Like we're the NRA and we're going to shoot for you and we're coming at you and. There's a theme here that you hear through a lot of these clips, and this is kind of the NRA's um, their 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 call back to the constitutionalist framework, right? This idea of they say we the people have had it, so that's in a way a message to all of the people who believe like them, where they're saying we the people, as if talking in this very strict interpretation means that. You know, who exactly is we the people? You know, that that's something that is very un, not defined. It is very vague. It's something that isn't being you know talked about here. But clearly it's a callback to those articles and clear it's a callback to the Constitution. And what was that deal about the, the Democratic overlords? And <laughs> uh, I love the other phrase of the um, we're going to laser focus on your so-called honest pursuit of truth. In short, we're coming for you. Yeah. That's really that's really interesting. The the proverbial shot across the bow. That's really crazy. I mean, uh, objectively, it's it seems a little nuts, but I think once you dig into it, it's really a a, a profound way of using imagery and uh, sort of twisting these um, anecdotal ideas about society, these these proverbs of the honest pursuit of truth. Right. Yeah, there's this idea of the democratic overlords. You know, again, it's left very ambiguous. It's left very like, which of the overlords are we talking about? 
Okay, who exactly are those? And supposedly it's just, you know, are those the elites? Are those the people in charge? You know, we're not really clear on who those people are. And if you consider this message versus what the NRA actually does and how they actually fund things, well, the message doesn't exactly match up with the behavior. All right. Now let's get on to the next clip. A man who refers to himself as Spartacus smears a man who serves the homeless as a racist. A political party coordinates violent protest to smear a father and run his children out of the room. A man who lied about military service, who stole valor, smears a humble public servant and calls for his nomination to the Supreme Court to be withdrawn. A woman who wants to confiscate your firearms leaks an unsubstantiated accusation to smear a man because he believes in our Second Amendment. Politicians call a privileged senator who killed a woman a lion. And now they smear Brett Kavanaugh as a threat to women. Since the election of Donald Trump, the character assassination of good Americans like Brett Kavanaugh by those with half his intellect and a fraction of his virtue has been unconscionable. I didn't hold dying Marines in my arms defending freedom so corrupt politicians could disgrace their heroic sacrifice. We the people denounce their character assassination, their hypocrisy, their lies, and we proudly stand with Brett Kavanaugh. And we the people will bring dignity back to our democratic process. Oh, man. And... For all the listeners back at home, that was Lieutenant Colonel uh, Oliver North, very famous or infamous man, who, who I, I just find it funny that he's the guy that's talking about valor and, uh, and honor. Uh, but um, the big point of this is that he's using a lot of ad hominid attacks right there. He's uh, basically saying that all of these senators who oppose Brett Kavanaugh are just bad people. And so why should we support bad people who are attacking somebody who stands up for their rights? And it's really interesting because there was no there was no policy argument in there at all. There was no, you know, real right. substantial facts or, or information. Uh, it was basically saying these are bad people who are now doing something new that's bad. Yeah, and they're smearing someone who clearly doesn't deserve to be smeared, right? A political party organizes a protest. Like, we don't know which political party this is. A political party organizes a protest and smears a father, runs his children out of the room, an honest public servant, smear a man because he believes in our Second Amendment. So, you know, they're painting Brett Kavanaugh in this way of, this is just like some honest Abe, you know, this is just this guy over here and he's just being smeared and he's being run through and, you know, he should just get his appointment, you know, and what's not said is, wait a second, don't we have the right to question people who are actually being nominated to the Supreme Court, right? Isn't that actually <laughs> something that needs to be done? But, you know, the way that it's phrased here that Oliver North goes through it, he suggests that it's completely unfair that we just kind of need to just be nice to Brett Kavanaugh. We, we need to just be, you know, kind to him and just let him go through, you know, because he supports our Second Amendment. And, you know, he uh, goes forward with that that language. You know, I, I didn't, you know, hold, you know, dying people in my arms so that those correct politicians can do this. 
and then we hear the repetition of that phrase, we the people denounce their lies, and we the people will bring the dignity back. Ah, what does that allude to? (laughs) I wonder. Right, yeah. How how exactly are they going to do that? And, you know, what's, what's the implication? What's the suggestion? Now, the big phrase here that uh, caught my attention, since the election of Donald Trump, the character assassination of good Americans like Brett Kavanaugh from those with half his intellect and a fraction of his virtue <laughs> has been unconscionable. And this is yeah. funny because what he's doing is he's building a narrative that because Donald Trump was elected... The liberals are so upset and so angry or are trying to cut down um, uh, Trump. Um, they've begun this character assassination of good Americans. Nice so, guys. Right. Like Brett Kavanaugh. Right. So they're not just attacking Brett Kavanaugh. They're attacking other good Americans, too. And then he loads it in with all of these... Uh, well, ad hominid attacks by saying that these are from those with half his intellect and a fraction of his virtue. So it's sort of uh, providing a like a, a contrast there in the same in the same phrase between Brett Kavanaugh being this virtuous individual who's a good American and these unconscionable attacks uh, from people who are dumber and less uh, virtuous than him. Yeah, the brutes that just want to want to smear his name and there's it's almost biblical in a way right the way that he talks about it it's like okay you've got the person who is rising and then you have the people who want to tear them down you have the people who want to hold them back and so there is this metaphorical framework that's being followed as he's going through this and he's really reinforcing this idea and as you say building that narrative that well, as we listen through some of the other videos, we're going to hear a similar narrative being gone through again and again and again. Now, before we get to the next clip, we want to remind you that we do, in fact, have a Patreon. Head on over to subliminallycorrect.com. Click in the top right corner, support us. And if you really love the show, and I know you do, head on uh, over there and donate mm, a couple bucks here and there. You can pay for our server fees. Or as simple as a cup of coffee to keep us going during these uh, late night recordings. So let's get on to the next clip. And in this clip, we hear Wayne LaPierre, the executive vice president of the NRA, in a 2015 clip. And he's talking about President Obama and President Obama's failure, as according to the NRA, to enforce federal gun laws. Now, as you're listening to this, really notice what are the parallels between what the NRA is saying about Obama and then what's been happening now in the Trump administration. And we'll go ahead and break it down. Nothing illustrates America's breakdown like the way the president's hometown celebrates its holidays. Memorial Day, 12 dead, 56 wounded. The 4th of July, 10 dead, 53 wounded. Labor Day, Nine dead, 46 wounded. This kind of third world carnage has become absolutely normal. If the president held a press conference every time multiple people were murdered by criminal gangbangers with illegal guns in Chicago, we'd hear from him almost every day. Instead, he says nothing. And the untold secret in Washington 
is that he has all the laws he needs to stop the bloodshed now. Under the existing federal gun laws, he could take every felon with a gun, drug dealer with a gun, and criminal gangbanger with a gun off the streets tomorrow and lock him up for five years or more. But he won't do it. His Justice Department won't do it. And the media never ask why. So convicted gangbangers carry illegal guns because they fear rival gangs more than they fear being prosecuted for a gun charge. Every police officer on the streets in cities like Chicago, Baltimore, and Detroit knows what it's like to get called to a murder scene knowing full well who did it because the killer was in the back of their car yesterday or last week. Thugs like Darius Brown, who was supposed to be serving a 10-year sentence for second-degree felony robbery, but got let off with five years probation. So he was free to roam the streets and kill a nine-year-old girl while she was doing her homework. If you want to stop violent crime, and I know you do, take violent criminals off the street. Prosecute them under the current federal gun laws and make sure they don't get to their next crime scene. That's the way to save lives. If the president held a press conference tomorrow morning and directed every federal jurisdiction to round up every felon with a gun, drug dealer with a gun, and criminal gangbanger with a gun, law enforcement would have thousands of violent thugs in handcuffs and squad cars by sundown. Instead, he waits for a crime that fits his agenda and blames the NRA. Mr. President, we will not accept blame for your failure. The NRA has demanded the strongest possible prosecution of the federal gun laws for over 20 years. Our repeated calls have been met by deafening silence from the Washington elites. President Obama and Hillary Clinton and other politicians use the carnage to campaign for more gun laws. They won't and don't enforce. And the good, honest Americans living out in farm towns in Nebraska or Oklahoma, or working two jobs in inner city Chicago or Baltimore. People who keep their heads down, raise their kids, and just try to do the right thing, they see through it all. We've lived through the Clinton administration's utter lack of federal gun prosecutions, and the Obama administration is following suit while the country suffers. And we know that a second Clinton administration will just mean more the same. Americans have no tolerance for violent thugs, no tolerance for the politicians who enable them, and no tolerance for a media that devotes endless time to new gun laws, but won't even ask why we don't enforce the existing federal gun laws we already have. No organization has been louder clearer, or more consistent on the urgent need to enforce the federal gun laws than the NRA. And in the face of mounting political and media pressure to demean, shame, and silence us, we will fight. If you have had enough of the dishonest debate, if you're sick and tired of politicians blaming you and your guns for their failure, 
demand truth and justice. Stand and fight with the NRA. Wow. This is really uh, an, an impassioned clip. Like Wayne LaPierre is, I mean, he doesn't have the personality for this kind of stuff, but he's really <laughs> able to turn it into something with the language that he's using. He's clearly been trained to do this. The music playing in the background. And as he starts uh, communicating, as he starts talking, he starts really leaning into it. And you can see that crescendo as he's talking and it builds this narrative, right? It starts off with uh, him listing off the uh, different holidays of the year. Memorial Day, X number dead. Labor Day, X number dead. All of these terrible things happened. And what does he do? He does a problem-solution narrative, sort of like Barack Obama. Listen to maybe our last episode on Barack Obama, right? They go into, these other things have happened in our history, and this is a problem. How do we solve that? You need to enforce the current regulations and not create more. Yeah. Now, that music in the background, it really reminds me of like a crime scene, like a real crime show, like one of those uh, special That's like a murder mystery. Yeah, yeah, like a murder mystery type of thing. And it's the same It's the same beat that keeps looping. It, it doesn't really last very long. It's maybe like three seconds long. And it keeps looping over and over and over again. And it kind of makes your hair on the back of your neck stand up. It's a little bit odd and a little bit weird. But as he's talking about that, of course, he is describing all of the failures of the Obama administration. So, you know, we hear him making, you know, these different, you know, types of points of what he thinks that the president should do. So, you know, if the president held a press conference, then we hear from every day. Instead, we hear nothing. And, you know, again, as I said, you know, when you listen to and you compare it to what now is happening within the Trump administration, you know, if you were to listen to this video and just pretend that, that it was about President <laughs> Trump and not about Obama, you know, what might you actually, you know, what you actually think, um, you know, under the existing gun laws, you know, Obama could take every criminal and lock him up, but he won't do it in the media. It never asks why. So, you know, the question is this. It's OK. Well, now that Trump is in the White House, is he enforcing these federal gun laws that. Uh, Wayne LaPierre wants to be enforced so much or, you know, would he have a would he have a problem with uh, with Trump as well? You know, because he really seems to be going after Obama in this clip. Right. It's funny how their narrative changes from really like gun policy under Obama and switches to attacking the Democrats under Trump, the Democratic overlords. I'm sorry. The Washington elites. (laughs) it's 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 interesting because they have allies in the house senate and white house that they no longer really need to advocate for any specific policy they can go back they can really take this to the streets they can take this um uh, into offense instead of defense anymore and that's what you get right here i want to go back to the music that was playing though because that's what i found is really interesting is that Like you said, it was so repetitive. But think about what he was saying. He was being very repetitive in his speech, too, talking about people dying over and over again. This holiday, X number dead, that many dead. This thing keeps happening over and over again. 
all these people end up dying. But what will Obama do? He'll just keep on blaming. And uh, it's it's really interesting because that in itself, the music was sort of um, uh, like an allegory for the whole uh, discussion that he was trying to produce in general. It was it was repetitive music with repetitive situations and uh, laying sort of repetitive blame on the Democrats. Yeah, it's like you said, it's that whole problem solution thing. And so he's repeatedly bringing up the problem. Here's the solution. You just have to enforce the federal gun laws. You know, the NRA has always been in favor of that. And we hear also that repetition of the same type of device that was used when they were talking about Brett Kavanaugh, where it's, you know, they're just these honest, hardworking people. They're people who are working two jobs. They're keeping their heads down. They're raising their kids. They're just trying to do the right thing, right? And somehow these campaigns, you know, the Obama campaign, they're just using the carnage to campaign for more gun laws that they don't enforce, that they won't enforce. Um, and it's it's really a, an interesting you know, thread to consider that um, because when I first listened to this, I actually didn't see the date. And then later on, I said, wait a second, this was actually <laughs> this was actually meant for, for <laughs> Obama, you know. Because it really is funny to to think of it that way, that they were saying that, um, you know, Obama and Hillary Clinton were using carnage to campaign for more gun laws. Of course, what's not being said here is that the gun laws that Obama and Hillary Clinton were um, campaigning for were actually ones to limit the scope of the Second Amendment or, you know, limit gun use. Let's just say it like that. Um, and they probably would have enforced it. Right. But of course, you know, LaPierre is making this, you know, it's just about the law and it's enforcing the law. You know, I find it really interesting. The point where Wayne LaPierre says that instead, Obama will wait for a crime that fits his agenda and blames the NRA. What does that allude to right there? I had even had to stop and think about it for myself. Like, what is he actually saying? And then I was like, oh, yeah, he's trying to say that the NRA is standing up for all of these innocent people being shot in Chicago every single day that could be prevented by the current laws. But Obama won't use those current laws, won't enforce them. Instead, he's waiting for a mass shooting and then is going to blame the NRA for that and want to take away all of your guns because that type of shooting fits his agenda. You know, maybe I'm a little slow and it took me a minute to figure that out, but this is something that people watching this video because they love the NRA are already encultured and steeped in. They all they don't this isn't an, an illusion to anything for them. They he's speaking in their language. Yeah, and we hear at the end of that clip that thematic summation, right? I mean, this is this is something you know we've heard from Obama, we've heard from you know Bernie. There's that that ability to just go in that very motivational mode. So you know, if you've had enough with the dishonest debate, if you are sick and tired, demand truth and justice. Stand and fight with the NRA. And so there's that very, you know, the, those words demand. Okay, demand truth and justice. And, you know, we know that these words are very all encompassing. They're value words, right? They are nominalized words, truth and justice. You know, what specifically do they mean? Well, someone has to define them. You have to break it down. But 
Most people would agree that truth and justice is important, but who gets to decide what exactly that actually means? And so that and you hear even in that little segment is the problem solution. If you know they go to the away from, if you've had enough with a dishonest debate, if you're sick and tired, kind of amping up the pain, and then they go, here's the action. Demand truth and justice. Stand and fight with the NRA, which probably means making a donation. You know, that's probably what they're actually, you know, looking here for or sharing a post or, you know, whatever. Um, but we hear that 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 ability to really be very thematic and very persuasive right there at the end. And, you know, it's the same thing with that we the people type of chant. So in this next clip, we're going to switch gears a little bit and talk about something that the NRA from time to time in NRA TV, they just do these kind of current news segments where they take something that they perceive to be, you know, too liberal or uh, the the idea of kind of the typical whiny liberal, and they'll just kind of go and do a, a segment on it. And so this one is, you know, about, you know, the far left's fear of shirts. Okay, so let's go ahead and take a listen to this one. So what is it with the far left and their fear of shirts? We, for real, we brought you a story a few months ago about a guy getting the police called on him because he wore a T-shirt that just had an AR-15 printed on the front. And then the museum was just rage mobbed into oblivion because, and they, they actually, they were rage mobbed into oblivion and into removing fake news T-shirts from their stores. And now a girl was kicked out of a class because she wore a T-shirt that hurt someone's feelings. In this case, it was an NRA shirt. A teacher in California, and if you thought California, you were right. I don't have any prizes to give. I'm not Oprah. I'm not giving you any cars. A teacher lectured her and then kicked her out of class because she wore this shirt. Now, it has shotgun shells on it. National Rifle Association. I doubt 90, maybe, well, all the people who own guns in California in the southern part of the state and in the far northern reaches, they know what this is on the shirt. Everyone else doesn't. Anyway, she got in trouble. She was kicked out of class and lectured about it. Watch her mom's reaction here. He's there to teach. I don't think he's there to discuss his personal beliefs. Yeah, so the student is kicked out of class and lectured about this shirt because they said, well, it shows weapons. It doesn't actually show a weapon. It showed the flag artistically rendered with shotgun shells. There's nothing wrong with that, right? It's no different than, you know, the time that I had a pen that was made out of a brass shell and the TSA lost their ever-loving mind because they said it was projectile shape and they tried to classify it as live ammunition. And they said projectile shapes can't be allowed on the plane. And I said, well, you better take my box of tampons too. Sorry, I know that's TMI, but that's literally what I told TSA. And that was at McCarran Airport, by the way, in Las Vegas. Uh, this mother is not the only one, or this student, by the way, is not the only one getting scolded for wrong think. I love this part. Artistically rendered, artistically rendered with shotgun shells in the back. You know, <laughs> it's it's got that artistic rendering. They're, they're not weapons. They're just shotgun shells. Yeah, it's got that artistic rendering, so people could theoretically love it. You know, um, and so it's it's really it's really fascinating. But you see that that reframing there, right? Is that it's it's not a weapon. It's not um it's not an offensive shirt. It's uh, an artistically rendered picture of shotgun shells and the American flag. And so it's sort of this like, yeah, you can read it one way. You can also read it another. But she's doing a great job reframing. And if I can get into this further, too, this is one of my and to take this out to a larger level. One trend that I find interesting about modern 
um, cable TV and a lot of um, these sort of niche online broadcasts like this one right here is this sort of like complaint news show where they have people who just get on television or on their YouTube channel and just complain about the uh, the the latest news event that you know all the kids are upset about or all the you know all the the liberals are mad about this thing how about this crazy thing how about that crazy thing they're not actually providing any uh substantive analysis other than isn't that crazy you should be really mad about this and I, I I think that it's really interesting because it plays on a lot of emotional um, uh, emotional states that are already present and amplifies those for nothing but the sake of amplifying them and giving people some sort of pleasure about having their anger validated and amplified. Yeah, that's a really, you know, now that I think about it, it's actually a really important trend because we see this and course when people are doing nothing but complaining about things then what progress actually gets made it's just the ping pong ball is being you know is being put on either side like okay one person is saying this the other person says that where's the real debate happening right what is what is actually being said all sides are just talking to their base they're not actually broadening out they're not making a bigger discussion or a bigger argument and they're not being able to really you know, talk about this as an, an important way. And, you know, what we hear through all of these clips, you know, as Alex just said, is this is this framing of ideas. OK, it reminds me of, you know, when Dick Cheney had the had the thing where he was going bird hunting and he accidentally shot the guy and he said, you know, he got he got peppered a little bit. Right. It's like he, did, <laughs> he just got peppered a little bit. And it's like, you know, we use different words that are somehow less offensive but when it comes time to actually say say something for the opposite side, well, then the most offensive words come out. You know, then then the power words come out. And, you know, this is not unique to the NRA, of course. You know, this is something that both political parties, many candidates do. You know, they, they purposely emphasize certain things on the other side. It just seemed like, you know, when we were listening through this, that there was quite a lot of this, you know, going on there. Right. Yeah, this is this is fascinating and and we could do an entire other episode sort of at the meta level of all of this. I think that um w- one of the big things that these types of programs do is build a lot of those straw man arguments. You've got people again amplifying uh feelings that are already there. It's a siloed effect in that only people who agree are watching these types of things. And then while they're doing that, while they're getting their news from a separate place from the people who uh, may disagree with them, they're being presented with framings of the other side's positions in a very biased and straw manish way to where obviously they're wrong because I'm telling you exactly what their argument is and it's ridiculous and terrible when it might not it might be a lot more nuanced than that and so that's where we end up with go back and listen to our episode all about discord with adam lysagor we end up in a world where two people in similar situations in life might be listening to entirely different 
news media or associating with entirely different people watching these types of shows on their respective sides and then building all these ideas about the left or ideas about the right that aren't necessarily true. And then when they're confronted with somebody who is of that other side and the other person gives them a new perspective, it's so surprising or scary. Yeah, and this is why the ability to listen to multiple different platforms of media, you know, it's like if we fat, you know, if we go back 100 years, right? How many news sources were people actually being exposed to on a regular basis? But now there's so much we have this absolute over uh, really overload of information. You know, there's so much of it and we don't know what it is that is true what it is that is factual, and there's so many different competing ideals out there that, well, it really means that the person who wants to be informed needs to work extra hard, right? They need to work extra hard to actually listen and read things from the left, from the right, from the middle, from up, from down, from, you know, all of the different ways that this is being described and to really not just go with one, one news source because no matter what the news source is, they're biasing it in one way or the other. All right. I think that's all the time we have for today. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, go to our Facebook page and like that and start providing some your own content. Give us some feedback. Give us your thoughts. Tell us what you liked and what you didn't. And if you really love the show, be sure to visit our Patreon page. And you can find that link on our website at www.subliminallycorrect.com. In the top right corner, um, click on uh, support us. Head on over to our Patreon page. Uh, you can get some exclusive content there for as little as the price of buying us a cup of coffee. Get us even more access to all of our knowledge, all of our uh, interesting takes on today's news. And until next week, we'll see you then.